Hallelujah. 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 I don't know about y'all, but that song right there just got me fired up. God just touched my heart with that song. In both of those songs, I was actually listening to um, the first song this morning, and I started to text Pastor and ask him if he would play that. But I think, hallelujah, right before I got up here, God, I'm just, look, my pages make a lot of noise. It's not me. <laughs> it's God. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, every time God puts a word on your heart and He gives you an opportunity to speak, the enemy attacks, tries to trip you up, tries to distract you. I had a migraine headache Thursday, Friday morning, God put this message on my heart, so I had to kind of change it up, but it's kind of the same, it's what he put on my heart a few weeks ago when pastor was preaching on sanctification, um, I forget which, which week it was, but I wrote in my notes, I need to get back on mission. And, and, and I need to get back on mission. And, and God really put on my heart about missions. We're here. Like my, I, I wore the shirt on purpose. My daughter gave me. It says, heaven is my home. I'm just here recruiting. We're children of God. We're called to be ambassadors for his kingdom. We're called to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God, not to represent this world. And, and that's our mission. It's the way we walk, the way we think, the way we speak should be different from this world. And, and God always gives his children, his chosen ones, an opportunity to speak on his love, to share his love. And I was sitting in the park the other day, and it's um, a few years back, I, I'm, I might have gotten a little bit rattled and, and went from the Spirit <laughs> and slipped back into the flesh, but I'm reading the Bible in the park, in this, um, and it was a warm day, had the window down. Guy pulls in two spots down from me and basically starts flirting with me. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? My name's, <laughs> he told me his name was Jack. And he's going, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading the Bible. So what are you doing, Jack? He goes, I'm looking to play. I said, well, I'm reading the Bible, brother. You ever read the Bible? You ever read the Bible? No. I said, well, do you believe in God? And he said, yeah. And then the Holy Spirit moved in me, and I yielded. I got out of the truck and walked over to his car and looked in his window, and I said, Jack, let me ask you something. You believe in God. Where are you going to go when you leave this world? And he said, heaven. I said, heaven. I said, praise God. I said, how do you know? 
and he just looked rattled and tried to look and looked away and was looking around and, and told me, he said, I don't know. I don't know. I start sharing the gospel with him, get halfway through, and, and his whole world was shaken. He started shaking and, and trying to start his car. He starts his car and backs up. I have to step out the way, backs up, and I watch him, and I immediately start praying for his salvation. And, and whether it had been a woman or a man, I would have reacted the same way. I would have told him, I'm reading the Bible, you know, and ask, ask him the same question. But I'd been praying, and God had put on my heart about getting back on mission. And it's not about me. It's not about what I would think in my mind and in my flesh that several years ago I would have been really appalled. I would have been... I would have spoke the truth to him, but I would have spoke it in anger, and I'd spoke it in love. But I was, I was in the spirit. I was had been reading. I was meditating on God's word, and and and, and God presented the opportunity to stay on mission, or or to step backwards. So, He put this on my heart yesterday morning, and it's primarily God's going to do most of the speaking today. I hope y'all love God's word. And um but we're gonna be coming out of the book of Acts. We're gonna start in chapter one, then we'll skip up to chapter twenty-two, and then we'll come back to chapter two, which will be the majority of the word. But in Acts chapter one, I'm gonna read the first eight verses. The first account I compose Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convicting by by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days. In speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God and gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. Wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard, you heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even unto the uttermost part of the earth. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. That was that was to the apostles. And then in in Acts chapter twenty two verses twelve through sixteen the Bible says and a certain and this was after Paul, he was giving his defense to the Jews and, and sharing his testimony and then 
comes where he receives his sight back. It says, And a certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very time I looked up at him, and he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, and to see the righteous one, and to hear an utterance from his mouth. For you will be a witness to him, to all men, or witness for him to all men, of what you have seen and heard. And now why do you delay, arise, and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name? Praise God. So in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, You shall be my witnesses. doesn't say you might be my witnesses. Shall sounds like a command to me that we shall be his witnesses. We shall, if we're his children, walk uprightly. Because then he tells Paul the same thing. On He gives um, Ananias a word of knowledge. He gave him a word of knowledge to speak that into Saul's life. That you will be a witness to him to all men of what you have seen and heard. Which is basically the same thing Jesus told them right before he ascended into heaven. Told the apostles that you, you shall be my witnesses. But it says, before that, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So if we're children of God, we believe, we repent, we're baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit. We have the power to move in people's lives by yielding and allowing God to work through us. It's, it's, it's absolutely nothing to do with us besides us yielding. In, 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 in chapter 2, Starting at verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had come, when they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where we were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were bewildered because they each were hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and marveled, saying, Why are not all these Galileans that are speaking? And how is it that each one, hear, each one of us hears them in our own language to which we were born? And then he goes through and lists all the different nationalities. And then down in verse 12, the Bible says, And they all continued in amazement and great power of perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? But there, are, there were others mocking and saying they're full of sweet wine. So it, you're going to have some people that are going to see that there's something going on in your life that is good. They're going to see it. Some people are going to mock. They did the same thing to Jesus. Some people's eyes were open and they would see. Some people would mock and talk trash, and they still do today. 
over 2,000 years later. There, people are going to have their own opinions. But God chose us. He chose to open each one of our eyes. He chose to open my eyes, and I thank Him for that every day, that He opened my eyes, that His Holy Spirit drew me to Jesus so I could come to Him. And, and, and it's nothing that we do except for what Peter does in this, in this instance. When, when things are going on and, and the Holy Spirit gives you the opportunity, we have to step boldly. We have to step out boldly in faith because it's not about us. If we think about us, we shrink back. But if we're yielded to the Spirit living in us, we're going to step up and do what Peter did. And Peter says, But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea, and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. Listen to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my Spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. He didn't, and then in, in chapter 1 he said, and you shall be my witnesses. And, and I looked up prophesy because I, did, I never really realized until this morning that prophecy and prophesy, one has, before that Y on the end, one has a C, which is prophecy, and prophesy has an S before the Y. So I had to look it up. And I'm like going, and it, and it shows the I for the Y in the dictionary, and it's to proclaim. It's to proclaim or to preach. Proclaim what God has said. What has God said? That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we're presented with the opportunity, the Holy Spirit will, will, will draw all men unto Jesus we won't do anything but yield and speak because the Bible also tells us that faith cometh by hearing. It comes by hearing. The faith comes by hearing even if we're walking in a certain way and we should carry ourselves because I believe our heart is the ark. We carry the presence of God within us. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us. When we're His, if we're carrying that and people come up and say, what must we do to be saved? Then we can speak. Then they can hear. Then they can receive. They can believe and receive. But God will give us those opportunities just like with the guy Jack in the park. He gave me the opportunity to shake that guy's foundations. It wasn't about me, but I immediately started praying for his salvation. And God would take that little seed that I planted in his heart, which was Jesus and, and bring somebody else along to water it so he can get the increase because he and he alone gets the increase. All we can do is make ourselves available and be on mission. He said, you shall be my witnesses. And then he told, 
told Paul through Ananias. You will. Will and shall. You will. You don't have a choice. If you're a child of God, we don't have a choice but to walk in obedience if, if we want that joy that Jesus prayed for in our lives. In every situation, in every minute of the day, if we're walking in His, in His will and not our will, if we're yielding to Him, He's going to give us the joy because we're walking in obedience. If we're not walking in obedience, we're going to be convicted. We're going to be convicted because there, there are days when God's told me to speak to somebody and I'm like going, I really don't feel like it, you know. I'm like arguing with God and I'll get down the road and nine times out of ten I'll turn around but sometimes I don't. And then I go home and I feel so horrible. I'm in there I have to fall on my knees and beg God to forgive me because it's total disobedience when you know. <laughs> and if we're children of God, we know when He's speaking to us. We know if we're His children, we know when He's speaking to us and when, when the Holy Spirit's moving and saying, don't go that way, go this way. And we go, but I want to go this way and go ahead and go that way. Then we're going to get convicted. There are consequences and sometimes it's not always consequences where something bad, bad is going to happen to you, but you're going to hurt in your heart. Because you're walking displeasing to God, you're, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. So we have to just understand that we need to speak when He moves us to speak. Because th this is a beautiful thing. It says in verse 21 of chapter 2, it says, And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as yourselves know, this man delivered up by the pre this man delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death, and God raised him up again putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power because he couldn't be held down because he died to conquer death so that we could live if we just believe in verse 30 I'm going to skip down to verse 32 it says this Jesus God raised up again to which we are all witnesses, therefore having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth, this is what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies a, a footstool for thy feet. Therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and your children 
and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call unto himself. And with many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. But he spoke when, when, when God moved him to speak by his Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit moved him to speak, the Holy Spirit drew the crowd, drew the people to him. By the great rushing wind, they heard, they heard this commotion. They came to see what was going on, and they were witnessing them speaking in tongues in their own languages. And everybody was hearing them in their birth language. And, and then they start, the ones that started mocking, and it, and it wasn't for the ones necessarily that were mocking, but he still, Peter stood up and started speaking the truth of God's word. Quoting, quoting Joel, quoting, and quoting David, but he spoke God's word into their life. The Holy Spirit did the convicting of those that would be saved. And it says in verse 39, For the promises for you and your children and for all those who are afar off, as many as the Lord God shall call to himself. We don't know who God's calling to himself. We don't know who's going to be saved. I've told thousands of people about Jesus Christ. If one of them got saved, truly saved, praise God. Glory be to God. They're singing in heaven and having a party over that one. Because it's not about, it's not about, it's not about me because my words can't save anybody. God's word can save. But it, it, it's not a matter of the results. It's a matter of the obedience. Because God already knows from the beginning of time who's coming home and who's not. We don't, in, 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 in chapter 1, Verse 70 says, It is not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed in His own authority. It's in God's authority. It's in God's authority on who's coming home. He's already, he's already determined, but we don't know. All we know is that throughout this Bible, He tells us we have a choice. We have a choice of blessings or curses in our lives. We can either be obedient and be blessed or be rebellious and be cursed. We can either yield to Him, surrender to Him, believe that He sent Jesus to die for our sins. And if you believe it, you know. If you believe, if, when we truly believe that, we know. We know. I know, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know when I got saved. Because my whole life turned right side up. I used to say it turned upside down, you know, and they, Jesus turned the world upside down with 12 men, but He turned my life right side up. Because I started getting convicted of things I was doing with what God had given me. Walking the way I wanted to walk, doing things when I wanted to do things, and, 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 Seeking, seeking and destroying my own life is, is what I come to find out. But when I yield, 
yielded to him and I gave my heart to him when he called me because he calls us by name. We know, we know when we're called. We know when we're saved. We know when we're saved. We don't know. I don't know when you were saved. I don't know when you were saved. But I know when I was saved because my life just totally flipped. It flipped. Instead of heading down, I'm looking up and I know where I'm going when I leave this world. Why not give somebody else that same chance? We're, we're commanded to be witnesses for Jesus, to, to share our testimonies. In, in what you say, in verse 40, we start at 42, it says, And when they were continually devoted, uh, no, verse 41, So when, so then, those who had received his word were baptized and were, there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. But the people, those 3,000 people, it just hit me last night that says they were added to that added to them that day about 3,000 souls, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. Those 3,000, when they were truly saved, started following the teachings of the apostles, which were the teachings of Christ. They were the teaching of the gospel, of God's word, of salvation. And they, and they, were, and they stuck together. It, it, it wasn't... Because there's a lot of false conversions. There's people I've spoke to and shared the gospel with who their lives have totally changed and they're doing really well. They're attending church. They're, they're being blessed. And then there's some that are, I see, coming out of the 7-Eleven or wah-wah with the 12-pack in their hand and, and running around and looking just like the world. But there's if, if God... Truly saved their soul. There's going to be a difference, but it's not about that. I just continue to pray for my brother or my sister I see coming out of that store, acting like the world, and I continue to pray for my brothers and sisters that are in church and living righteously and walking with with a purpose now, with a new purpose, which is God's purpose for their life. But we have to just yield, is, is I guess what I'm saying with that. But in Luke, we're going to go to Luke chapter 14. And, this is, and I'm going to start at verse 21. Luke chapter 14, verse 21, is the parable of the great supper, or the great dinner. And um, everybody's already made all their excuses why they can't come. Because there are excuses upon excuses why we can't do things and why people can't do certain things. But then in verse 21, the Bible says, And the slave came back and reported to this Matt reported this to his master. 
Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the slave said, Master, what you have commanded has already been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in. And I was sitting there meditating on that verse. Meditating on that verse. This is go out into the highways. And what are highways? People are going places. They're in a hurry. They're going, whether they're going in the right direction or not, they're heading in a hurry. And sometimes we have to slow people up enough because we know their fate. Because that agonizing death that Jesus overcame for us, he went through agony, the agony of death and being separated from God so that we would never have to. And, and he did that for everybody. God knows who is going to believe that. We don't know. Everybody, we don't know, but we know when when we move with him, because he's saying it. This this is the parable, and it, and it's basically talking. God wants us to invite everybody. He he invited the Jews, and those those who were were invited are not going to be accepted now. But we have to bring people in constantly and how can we bring them in if we don't share God's love and, and, and people in the hedges are people that are hiding from God just like Adam is what he put on my heart and we're in the hedges we're like going he's like where are you at Adam why you got clothes on Adam was hiding from God and there are people hiding from God I was high I hid from God most of my life I knew there was a God my entire life, I hid from him for 41 years. You know, I mean, it, it, 35, you know, from the time I was six, you know, I knew there was a God. But I hid from him. And if somebody hadn't got me in front of somebody who was preaching the gospel, even if we don't, you know, everybody's not going to just speak to people on the street. I mean, I think everybody should, but that's me. But we know what, what God's called us to do, and we know that anywhere He's placed us, He wants to use us for His glory. He wants us to represent His kingdom. And, and sometimes we have to slow people up. We have to stop people in their tracks if the Holy Spirit puts it on our heart to stop them in their tracks and, and tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. You want to know how much? I, you know, and 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 we got to find the ones that are hiding too, because some people just you know look like everything's okay. I've got people in my family who walk around like everything's okay, but you hear through another family member of all this chaos that's going on in their life, and it's because they're doing everything their way. They're doing it their way instead of God's way, instead of laying their life down, instead of listening to the truth and receiving the truth and being blessed in their life. With that, and, and, and like I said, the biggest blessing in my life is not money. It's not, by far, it's not money, y'all. But 
it's peace. It's peace in my life because I never had peace in my life. I never had peace in my life until I sur surrendered to Christ. And why wouldn't I want to offer that to even a stranger? If God puts it on my heart and said, hey, sp you know, tell them I love them or hey, just hold the door for them and you know, buy them lunch or, or buy them a cup of coffee. Tell them have a great day. Jesus loves you or whatever. But I know that I'm supposed to testify of what God's done in my life, how he took me from a crackhead painter drunk and, and saved my filthy soul where my kids wouldn't talk to me. And now 66% of them do, praise God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I know one day that that other 33 and the third percent is going to speak to me because God's going to heal his heart. Because God hears our prayers when we love Him and when we walk in obedience to Him. And, and, and the more obedient we are to Him in the little things, it's the little things because it, it's like that girl the other day that we prayed for on Wednesday, Ellie. She was just all over the place. She couldn't get her, you couldn't have a conversation with her. I mean, and, and I tried to talk to her and tried to pray with her. But she was like, I've heard it all before. Yeah, I believe that. And then she starts talking about some weird stuff. And I just started praying for her. And then I brought her up for prayer Wednesday when we were here. And, and we have to, if, if, if we're not yielding to the Spirit, because it, it, we're not walking in obedience, and, and even if we go, all right, God, I'll do that next week. The delayed obedience is disobedience. Because to be obedient, it, 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 what, what Ananias tell Paul? What are you waiting for? Arise. Be baptized. Call in on his name. Just do it now. When, when the Spirit moves, we got to move when the Spirit's moving or He's not going to um, use us. He's, he's not going to use us he's, because we're not allowing Him to use us because it's His time, not our time. When we try and move on our time, it's, it's going to be off. And, and that's like, you know, God's called us to lay hands on people and heal the sick. In, 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 in the end of Mark with the Great Commission, He tells us, to lay hands on people, heal the sick, cast out demons. But you know, it's got to be when the Spirit moves us, not our feelings. It can't be about our feelings. He, he, he opened my eyes to this the other day because, you know, I, there are people that I just absolutely love, you know, I've laid hands on. You know, they may get their healing through God's divine power, but He didn't use me because my feelings were involved. But I've laid hands on three people that God's reminded me of who were healed. But it wasn't because I, I said, I'm going to go do this. The Holy Spirit said, do this, and I moved immediately. And, and, and we have to move when He wants us to move because that's when He wants to use us, when He wants to use us because it's, 
it, it, it's about him, not us. And it's for his glory, not our glory. So if I was to sum this up, it was our mission, and I've heard it said, I think Kurt Cameron said this, my land is where I stand. Our mission field is right where we stand, wherever God puts us, wherever we work, wherever we shop, wherever we visit our neighbors, our friends. You know, he put on my heart, he says, do your neighbors know that I give you the opportunity to preach my word? All my neighbors don't know I preach. And I, and, and I started thinking about that, and I'm like going, hmm. So, I pray for God's full blessing in my life, and I pray for God's full blessing in all my family, all my church family, all y'all's families, in, in each individual in the family. I pray for God's full blessing, but then I, God turned my eyes back to me for a split second. Do you, do, do, are you truly walking in obedience to what I've called you to do? called you to be a witness for me and then your neighbor who moved in two years ago he doesn't know that you know me and I, I drive by him in the morning and in the evening wave at him but I've never stopped and talked to him find out who he is get to know him and so he can get to know me and maybe he'll get to know God so it, it's it, God really has put on my heart to get back on mission, to stay on mission, to stay focused, to put the blinders on and not to turn to the left, not to turn to the right. And that's my prayer for all of us because it's not about a new year or the end of a year because I don't know about y'all, but this year just disappeared. 2022 just disappeared and then the last two days have been the longest days of my life <laughs> it's like and just the distractions and you know just all this craziness going on but then i'm thinking about new years and i'm thinking about this it's like it's not about a new year because tomorrow's not guaranteed it's about a new day to walk pleasing to him and that's my prayer for me and everybody who hears this Praise God. Amen. God bless you.